thoughts of Mike's death, this marks a new beginning Things for supporting, a total reinvention The soul is still here, but the vibe's a little different Unpredictable, hot the kids and the women Sports of all sorts, music mixed for living Rep New York City, but ain't the politician Always bring the heat, Steph bacon in the kitchen Big shout to y'all, I appreciate the listen Donnie put the rest, but I'm still in the best In the world of what I do, all y'all know the rest I live it, I breathe it, I'm the whole definition The pinnacle, the ultimate, I'm on a new mission The salty thoughts of Mike Steph Featuring the one and only Mike Steph The best in the world of what he does Tap in Schizophrenic, psychopathic, and I'm all out my meds Hope I'll find happiness before I am dead Ignore the warning signs that led to one in my head Head, head, heart is brick, that's what the dick bitch said Clip murder, game tight, keeping my freak cred On the hunt for a bag, keeping the fan fed Donnie's a ticking time bomb, the clock reads all red Even if it was 
a paper boy, you're still fitting with me. I'm wrapped up in chalked up pants like the Knicks. I'm all in the mix like snares and kicks. When it comes around, I get loose like belt buckles. Those who chose to oppose this nose is felt numb. What is it going to? To the tip. Now what you about to do? About to rip. Some people use the word funkin' too loosely. And just how many rappers said they're kicking like Bruce Lee. O-E. Go B. It used to be about rhymes. All about rhymes. The rappers rearranging and changing like time. I got it bad, y'all. I got it bad, y'all. When it comes to the pen and the pad, y'all. I got it bad, y'all. I got it bad, y'all. When it comes to the pen and the pad, y'all. The alcoholics. What up, people? Welcome to a special edition of the Salty Daughter Mike Steph featuring the one and only Mike Steph. Best in the world at what he does. Yes, 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 yes. Returning for another Sprinkle of Salt edition. But this time, instead of talking about what I planned on talking about this week, yeah, because I ain't going to lie, this week was not going to be really that impromptu. I was going to plan on talking about the aftermath of whatever happened Wednesday in my second Double dipper, double decker, double header of the week with my New York Knickerbockers and my Golden State Warriors. But as normally, as what happens normally when you actually try to plan ahead, or more specifically, what usually happens when I try to plan ahead, plans change, people change, situation changes and you know what changed i'm doing my bret hart impression on after he got screwed royally in 96 and at the it's time pay-per-view for all my wrestling heads look it up the promo you'll be glad you did anyway you know what happened this is what happened and tell you the truth i should be in a a static move. I should be floating on cloud nine. I should be elated. But guess what? I'm not. Wanna know why? Because it because that dreaded word narratives has come out to play yay and has forced yours truly to try to put these narratives to bed. You know, yesterday, Monday, April 24th, 2023, should have been a milestone occasion for all New York J-E-T-S Jets fans. The 40 days and 40 nights that we waited and anticipated this long-awaited 
trade between the Green Bay Packers and my beloved New York JETS Jet Jet Jets concerning the one and only Aaron Rodgers had finally been completed. Kind of the kind of around the around the time that everybody figured that it would be completed the week of the NFL draft. Now, off the top of my head, because it's been drilled in my head for the last 24 plus hours, this, these were the terms of the trade. The Jets swapped first round picks in this upcoming 2023 NFL draft. The Jets were slated to pick at the number 13 and the Packers were slated to pick at number 15. They swapped positions, meaning neither one came ahead if you want, unless you want to count two slots. But it wasn't like an additional first round pick for swapping. No, all they did was move down two slots to the 15th pick and the Packers are taking the Jets first um, 13th pick. That's number one. Number two, the Jets received a fifth round pick in this year's NFL draft. This is, and we, of course, we received Aaron freaking Rodgers. This is what we gave away. We gave away a second round draft pick in this year's NFL draft. I believe. Uh, pick number 43 in which this year we had two first round I mean second round draft picks we had pick number 43 and pick number 45 we gave away 43 and do you know how we acquired the second second round draft pick by trading away the disgruntled Elijah Moore so once again, we didn't really lose any ground, did we? We gave away an additional second round pick that we acquired by getting rid of a disgruntled wide receiver who we wouldn't have had any need for being the fact that we acquired in free agency, Alan Lazard. Oh, it gets deeper. So we received a fifth round draft pick for this year and we gave away, we drafted away a sixth round draft pick. So we gave away a sixth rounder and received a fifth rounder. That seems kind of even if anything, the ledger kind of leans on outside, right? Now for next year, We are giving away a second round conditional draft pick that can turn into a first rounder if Aaron Rodgers plays 65% of the snaps this upcoming season. Those are the terms of the trade. And the narrative is that somehow the Jets, the J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 got fleeced 
on this trade. How so? The narrative that's being spewed by the, all the outlets of ESPN, NFL Live, First Take, is that the Jets gave away two first rounders and one second rounder, which is a bold-faced lie. Can I just explain exactly how this is working? But they're actually going on the airwaves saying that the Jets gave away two first rounders and a second round draft pick. Then there's even... I wish this is one of the times I actually wish I was on YouTube so I can actually show you, show you the propaganda that's going on. And you know why this propaganda is going on? Because of this. For the last 40 days and 40 nights, everybody and their mother that you can hear or you can see on the boob tube has been saying that the Jets had no leverage. That the Jets are just pretty much bend over and take it up the ass because... They had no leverage that Joe Douglas was going to get schooled in this draft. I mean, in this um, trade for the compensation and to keep up that narrative, they're actually actively distorting facts, distorting facts. And that's why I'm pissed off right now. Because I thought this type of shit only happens in the so-called wrestling media. But I guess I was mistaken. Today, on First Take, on ESPN. And this is this is this shows you how deep this narrative, this media-driven creation. This media-driven fallacy is being espoused to the less informed, the uninformed. There was a question. The question was, now that the trade is official and Aaron Rodgers is officially a member of the New York J-E-T-S Jets, who is the best quarterback in the AFC East. Do you know that Dan Orlovsky, and this is this is the guy that I actually have the utmost respect for with his knowledge and, and, and his grind. Because I remember when he used to be on Get Up looking like he just had a he just had a bender with some wrinkled at wrinkled up too small white t-shirt on I mean right dress shirt on and he he's done a great job over the last couple years. And this is not to discourage or disparage him at all, but and swaggle. Marcus Spears, who once again, same thing. They've been on their grind. I love I love the combination of those two. But you know, these two had the audacity to fix their fucking mouth and say that the best quarterback in the AFC East going into this next season is Josh Allen over four-time MVP Aaron Rodgers, who, yes, is coming off a down season due to a broken freaking thumb on his throwing hand, and he still threw for 26 touchdowns. 
on a team that you could tell he really did not want to be on. With players that he really did not respect. Still threw for 26 touchdowns. Still had an above average year for a regular quarterback, but it was deemed to be a garbage year due to the standards of Aaron Rodgers. And they, like I said, had the audacity to say that the best quarterback coming into this upcoming season is Josh Allen. The same Josh Allen that underachieved this past season, underachieved this past postseason in the playoffs when they should have been the prohibitive favorite to come out of the AFC, could not even get out of the second round with a home game, went in the snow against Cincinnati and Joe Burrow. This is the same Josh Allen that couldn't even throw for a touchdown against a depleted Miami Dolphin team and barely, just barely won against the Dolphins on their third string quarterback. The same Josh Allen that last season it had been discussed that he did take a step back due to the fact that he no longer had Brian Dayball at his disposal on the sidelines. So you mean to tell me Josh Allen is a better quarterback with um, less weapons, with a still unproven head coach, because I'm sorry, Sean McDermott, to me, the last two years have underachieved. That defense isn't getting any younger. Stephon Diggs, trust me, I wouldn't be surprised if he's looking to green the pastures this upcoming year. They have no running game. Josh Allen is the running game, and they've already discussed and they've already expressed the desire for Josh Allen to not took the rock as much as he has in the past two years. So with all this happening, still saying that Josh Allen is a better quarterback is, a, is going to be a better quarterback than Aaron Rodgers this year. Aaron Rodgers reuniting with the offensive coordinator of his back-to-back -back MVP seasons in the Daniel Hackett. Yes, Hackett was a hack when it came to being a head coach. But as an offensive coordinator combined with Aaron Rodgers, the proof is in the pudding. Facts! 2020 MVP season. Facts! 2021 MVP season. Fact! He's reuniting with his guru. He's going to have Cablanche over the offense. Fact! He's going to have the reigning offensive rookie of the year on his team, on his offense, in Garrett Wilson. Fact! He's going to have the returning from injury, but albeit the lead, the head, uh, the front runner of being offensive rookie of the year and Brees Hall. These are all F-A-C-T-S. Facts. But I guess I'm the I'm the deluded one. I'm the one who are, who which go who hasn't realized that the media has never let the facts get in the way of whatever narrative that they want to spew. I swear. I swear, I haven't been this ramped up. I haven't been this hyped up since my pre um, uh, my, my former alter ego. I try not to get like this. Even though 
I'm not even going to blame it on my so-called alter ego because at the end of the day, whether it's Donnie effing Ooh or Mike effing Steph, the man behind the name stays the same. Did you really, did people really think that just to change the name, it was always, it was going to be a brand new, different freaking platform? No. The name change was because I needed and I am comfortable in my own skin being who the hell I've always been. An emotional, somewhat on the edge individual. But when I'm pushing 50, guess what? I really don't care. Because this, you see, what you see is what you get. And that is what you're going to get this year when it comes to the New York J-E-T-S Jets. Another media pundit, Michael Wilborn, who, who, tell you the truth, I should take his words with a grain of salt because he's a Chicago Bears fan, so he's never had any love for Aaron Rodgers, especially being the fact that Aaron Rodgers has ruled, has owned the Chicago Bears in his damn near 18 years in Green Bay, 15 years as a starter. He said, you know, I don't see this um, bringing the Jets any closer to a championship. Tell you the truth, I don't think they're even going to be in the playoffs. I could see them easily being 8-9. and nine. Are you freaking kidding me? The Jets were 5-2 and two before injuries to Brees Hall and Vera Tucker. Knocked them out for the season. The Jets were 7-4 when we had benched ineffective Zach Wilson in favor of Mike Why? The Jets were still in the playoff picture second to last week of the season. And do you know the last, I believe the last just to be on the safe side, the last four games we did not score an offensive touchdown and we were still in the hunt for a wild card berth. We beat these same Buffalo Bills that everybody is crowing upon with one, with matter of fact, with a half a quarterback. We beat them with Zach Wilson behind center, and we nearly beat them with a injured and uh yeah, matter of fact, just a sword, sword in half, Mike White. But that would be good for the narrative, would it be? You mean to tell me everybody has faith that Tua is going to last a third of the season? Matter of fact, Mike White joined Miami specifically because he saw, yeah, well, Tua, yeah, I don't think Tua is going to last for that season. If I'm his backup, I'm going to get plenty of burn. Oh, Mac Jones is the fucking savior now of the uh, of the Patriots. Patriots had two had a defensive coordinator and a special teams coach be run their offense last year. Okay, they got Bill O'Brien. You really think that's going to be that much of a difference? Being the fact that you still got Mac Jones behind center, and then you got Josh Allen, who I've already discussed before. Interesting. Interesting. 
Normally, I would cut it off like this, but I got some more itch to get off my chest. And I will do so in a few minutes. Sit off like this to Compton. Yo! Yo, what's that? What's that? East Winter. Cut the records nice, boy. DJ, what's up, man? Yo, chillin'. Yo, yo. Jay Brown's in the house, yo. Come pull it out, loud sound. And I'ma bust it off like this to Compton. Goose from the... Coming the fuck up. I came in the place to let you know what's up. your own risk if you underestimate the possibilities that can happen that will happen this upcoming NFL season when I left off and yes this is a different day when I left off a few minutes turned into actually approximately 24 hours since the last time I recorded mm -hmm. When I left off, I was in a much more surlier mood due to the slights and the narrative that was being spun. It's a good thing that I actually forgot to record before I ended my night last night because that gave me the opportunity to not only continue hearing the narratives that was spun, but to actually witness firsthand the introductory press conference of Aaron Rodgers in which to me he laid to rest a lot of fears that I wouldn't say the majority of JETS JETS fans had in acquiring him but to actually see firsthand and hear firsthand from Aaron Rodgers mouth exactly how Everything seemed like it's going to be laid out. First impressions. He seemed more focused. He seemed like he was rearing to go. He seemed like he was taking this seriously instead of, okay, they traded for me. I'm still getting my bag. I'm just going to go to a different place to finish out my career. He seemed like a person that was that had a chip on his shoulder. He seemed like a person that was motivated and wanted to 
hit the ground running and seemed like a person that it was important for, well, it was important for him to get acclimated to his new surroundings, get acclimated to his new teammates, to get acclimated to the New York media, to be, get acclimated to his new franchise. Now, last night, I was just going to end up, I was just going to end it by saying the first decision that he made that I can tell that it was going to be a new version of some would say the egomaniacal Aaron Rodgers was the fact that Joe Namath himself, number 12, offered to unretire his number if and when Aaron Rodgers became a Jet. Now, it showed to me, well, first intelligence because Half the, half the fan base would have automatically turned against Aaron Rodgers if he would have accepted that. But also, it showed me that he wants to put his own imprint on this franchise. And he said as much during the press conference. He said he came into the building and he saw that Super Bowl three trophy and it looked kind of lonely. Now, some people would say that was arrogance talking. No, 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 no. That was a healthy ego talking, a healthy mentality talking of, okay, this franchise, this is a story franchise in not so positive ways. And I want to be the one to bring this franchise some glory because it's been 50 some odd long years. And to that, I give kudos. He thanked everybody from Joe Douglas to Robert Sala to Woody uh, Woody Johnson to uh, the other Johnson. You know, the Johnson and Johnson guys, the owners. He said what piqued his interest, tell you the truth, he said his interest had been piqued a while ago because they've had some joint practices in years past during the preseason. And the fact that we went into Green Bay, we went into Lambeau Field last year and smacked them out, smacked them around pretty good. So he had a first hand knowledge, a first hand, a, fr a front row seat on what this team had and perhaps what this team was missing. And he determined what this team was missing was him. He already had a relationship with Zach Wilson due to their shared practices a couple seasons ago. And it seems like he is open to the idea of bringing Zach up to snuff, if that's possible, and he will not be as so, so as, as standoffish as he was with Jordan Love in Green Bay. He said there, was, there hadn't been really no discussion about how long he plans on playing. But he said when he did emerge from the darkness, he had every intention on making it known that this is the place he wanted to be. He came in to the facilities 
already wearing jet colors, already wearing a jet hoodie. He was at the press conference with a jet polo. Clean shaven, little goatee. Cut the long hair off. And more importantly to me was his eyes. Yes, was his eyes. Because they say the eyes, you can see into the soul of a man through his eyes. I'm not going to go that deep. But you can see the intent, the intentions of a man through his eyes. You can tell whether the guy is just blowing smoke up your butt or he's really believing everything that's coming out of his mouth. And even though it wasn't a rah-rah speech, it was a focused Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, we haven't seen in the last couple years in Green Bay. Albeit, even during his MVP seasons, it was almost like he was doing Green Bay a favor by being there. And just through his mere greatness, they had success. He said one of the number one reasons of why he chose the Jets was Nathaniel Hackett because in the three years that they worked together, he became a close personal friend, which is ironic because Denver last offseason hired Nathaniel Hackett with the intention on, get, or, 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 on getting Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Rodgers, for whatever reason, decided not to go there. But he's using that as a reason of why he decided he decided to come here. And I think, I really think it was the fact of he saw what our franchise had to offer. He has immense respect for our GM, immense respect for our head coach, which he said he remembered going against him while he was in Green Bay against Robert Sala's defense when he was in San Francisco. And they didn't fare too well on top of last year. So he has respect for the head coach. He he loves the offensive coordinator. He has respect for the GM and his uh, acquisition acumen. And yeah, yeah. Now, once also, before I get out of here, because this is a sprinkle of salt, this is a full-fledged ep episode. Once again, the chance to actually sleep on some thoughts and not be so impulsive has probably, probably spared a few souls. I won't even imply who those souls are. <laughs> but I will say this. I am a very passionate fan. I'm very passionate about my beloved teams, my Mets, my Jets, and my Knicks. Out of those three, I've seen one championship while I've been on earth in my 46 going on 47 years, I've seen at least 
five championship rounds between those three teams. Three World Series appearances, two finals appearances. But the one team that I'll probably hold closest, nearest, and dearest to my heart, I have yet to see them in the Super Bowl during my 46 plus years on this earth. So I'm sorry. And this is not toward anybody in particular. This is just my feelings. I'm sorry if us Jets fans are living in Nirvana because this is probably the best damn player that has ever played for our franchise. In the most premier position on a football team. This is our first time actually having an elite talent in our building at the quarterback position. So I feel that the Jets fan base has nothing to feel sorry about, has no reason to feel embarrassed, has no reason to feel like they need to turn it down a notch. Because we've seen other franchises, other teams, other fan bases have what we've desperately craved for 50 plus years. We've always been one pick away or one decision away or one injury away. Yes, we've had, we've had the best cornerback in the league. We've had the best running back in the league. But we've never had, at any time, the best quarterback in the league. And I'm not saying he's the best quarterback at this present time. But four MVPs do speak for themselves. And if he would have came in there, glassy-eyed, scraggly hair, uh, jeans and flip-flops. I probably would think, okay, maybe he needs to go back down in the darkness and take some more shrooms. But being the fact that he came into this, into the facility, he sat down and he tried to ingratiate himself to the New York media, national media at large, but specifically to the New York media and wax poetically about, you know, he's from a small town in the California he played 18 years in a small town of Wisconsin. And this is his first time literally in the big city, in the one of the biggest, if not the biggest market in the league. And he's relishing the opportunity to succeed. He said, no, what kind of... Of I, I wouldn't want to be with a team. I wouldn't want to be with a franchise that strives just to be on the outskirts of the playoffs and say, yeah, we had a great season. Oh, yeah, our, our goal is to get at least nine wins. We, we're just trying to be above 500. So he's actually embracing the Super Bowl or bust talk. He said, don't, no, he's not a savior. But he wants to be amongst people who want the same thing, who have the same goal. And that is to bring a championship to this long-suffering 
franchise. Now, I could go off the rails right now and I can yell at the tippy top of my lungs about how I feel about a lot of things that I've seen and read and heard the last 24 to 48 hours. But I will refrain and I will take a note, take some advice from Jake the Snake Roberts and one of his, what he was known for was speaking at a regular tone. You know why? Because that made you have to pay attention to every word that came out of his mouth and it emphasized the meaning of those words tenfold. Instead of being a ranting, raving lunatic and you could t automatically just tune it out due to the fact that, oh, he seems kind of unstable. I can't wait until September. Matter of fact, I can't wait until training camp. Because this season has a chance to be like none other. And when I say none other, I'm talking about potentially a history-making season. And the one thing that's great about this is that nobody is running from expectations. I at this point in time, I don't even care about the narrative or the misconstrued facts of we gave up multiple number ones. No, we didn't. I don't even care about the scuttlebutt of, oh yeah, we got taken to the cleaners. So effing what if we did? I believe it was worth it. It will be worth it. The only way it won't be is if we have, God forbid, a, catas uh, a, a catastrophic injury to Aaron Rodgers. Because that's the only way I could see this actually going wrong. Like, look, if we don't, if we don't win a Super Bowl, is it a failure? No, it isn't. It's brought a franchise much needed relevancy. I believe, I didn't realize Woody Johnson is 75 years old. He's close to the age that the late Leon Hess was when he asked Bill Parcell to take control of this franchise and bring my franchise to the promised land, in which Bill Parcell almost did until he started getting the wandering eye again. <clears throat> I believe that this upcoming season will be like none other. Whether you choose to believe it or not, guess what? Just like the song said at the beginning of this segment, Believe that at your own risk, sucker. Wanted to have you on this thing. Mother Effer, where you at? Here you go. Hey, 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 on stage in the rain. Yellow and sweaty, you know that's all we get. Hey, made by Mark Rebecca. 
with that being said, goodbye. Oh, one other thing. I'll be a fool if I have your attention right now and I don't plug my own crap. Check out the Salty Thoughts of Mike Steph full-length podcast each and every Monday on the YouTube page of Mike Steph. Check us out. Well, check us. Check me out every, every Monday for an expanded version of what you just heard. Next week, I'll probably be talking about the continuation of the NF, the NBA playoffs in which my New York Knicks right now are currently leading the Cleveland Cavaliers going into the fourth quarter. That's what this week's sprinkle of salt was supposed to be about, but my JETS Jets, Jets, Jets trump all. And even though I can't give a date, but it's coming soon. New episode, uh, off-season version episode of HGF Hidden Gems Football with myself and the Mojo King. I think it's going to be a very, very interesting, very, 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 very interesting conversation that me and the Mojo King are going to have. Because guess what? For those who don't know, me and the Mojo King probably have we haven't talked on the YouTube streets since the end of February. Matter of fact, since prior to the Super Bowl. And uh, some of his thoughts on the New York Jets. Jets. Yeah, yeah, I said Jets, Jets instead of J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets. I know what the hell I said. Some of his thoughts on this subject. Yeah, it's going to be very, very interesting. Very, 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 very interesting, to say the least. So, that's right. Check out the Salty Thoughts of Mike Steph this coming Monday and every Monday on the YouTube page of Mike Steph and be on the lookout for a special off-season edition of Hidden Gems Football where you can find myself, Mike Steph, and the Mojo King, the Hidden Gem Czar himself, on the YouTube page of the 19 Media Group. Yeah. So now, with all that being said, um, check me out Monday on the YouTube streets. Goodbye. Bye. Yeah, Agent Burke here. Check this shit out, nigga. I got a bus for you. Some major niggas from New York slinging rocks over here. You know what I'm saying? Majors and majors and 183rd Street. Wasn't ready for the major leagues. More like triple A. Underrated talent. Who let it all decay? What can I say? Just wasn't my day. Had to prioritize and throw the rest away. Okay. A whole boy and niggas happy. No retirement speech. No more being savvy. I passed down the torch. Hit the being crappy. No thing for dawn. Niggas won't even dab me. That proves to me that the hate was real. Even after 20 years, it's still how I feel. Why you think I left? I knew the deal. Just took a round to swallow a bit of.